0: Hello, RP people, and welcome back to another episode of Role Playing as Smart People, the podcast where we pretend to know what we talk about when it comes to RPG systems, mechanics, news, and dumb rants on topics that we have way overthought. My name is Santa, and I'm glad you've decided to tune in again. As always, joining me today are my friends, Mr. Finder and Scott W. On today's episode, we are going to be talking about the concept of immersion. What is it? Is it real or is it just a buzzword that's tossed around? So let's start off. Well, actually, you guys haven't said hi yet. So if you want to say hello. <laughs> hey. Hello. Yeah, hello. <laughs> so the one thing I've, because like hearing immersion, I, I kind of know what it is. But at the same time, it's, it's one of those words I've never really looked up the definition. So how would you guys describe immersion?
1: Uh, so immersion is... Ah, uh, when you sink yourself, you become enveloped in a moment so deeply that you begin to lose track of time. Right, and peripheral vision drops. Uh, sort of like when you're at the movies, right? You're so ingrained in what's happening on the screen. It's dark. You're just into what's happening. Uh, same thing on television shows. You're, you're just subconsciously there. You're functioning at a subconscious level. You're not distracted by anything. And before you know it, you know, boom, five and a half hours of Lord of the Rings extended version has gone from <laughs> beginning to end. Right? So that is what I mean when I talk about immersion.
2: And my, I think my definition is similar to that in that for me, immersion, when I hear people talk about immersion as it relates to RPGs, that they are no longer in this world. Right, that they are so engrossed in the game that they are their character, and the the environment is kind of like what you're saying, Scott, with uh, in, in the movies where it, it's dark and you're actually in the film, or, or you feel like you're in the film, you're part of the part of what's going on. That that's kind of how I've always understood immersion in terms of RPGs. That I'm no longer rolling dice; I'm actually swinging that sword, <laughs> um, sort of thing. Yeah, and and. Like, there's a lot of things that people do to try and simulate that, right? Especially when you start talking about VTTs, where you can start incorporating things like sound effects and visual elements that, that may be more difficult in a face-to-face game. But but yeah, so that's immersion for me.
0: No, actually, that's, that's a pretty good one. In fact, I know, Scott, you yourself, you actually like to put in Tone's music and all those kind of things in order to try and live it up. You even said that you 3d print your own little tokens to in a, in order to try and almost like push them a little bit more into the world.
1: Yeah. So for that, it really helps. I think for that, it's a more, it's a, it's a firmer understanding of what's happening in the game. That way you don't have to really think about it. Uh, You know, like when you guys got the notes for the one that the everyone adventure and you can see like, Oh, okay, this is a tattered note. Here's what it says. And it's actually hard to make out the handwriting. Instead of me just telling you that it's hard to make out the handwriting and only reading a few things. Um, this with, like, props, you you know, players will go out of their way to try to decipher something like that or figure something out. Or they'll sit and finger the the tokens and things um, just because it's, it's that sheer amount of joy that, you know. So I think someone has taken time to go the extra distance to really make the game cool and theme, make it thematic.
0: No, oh, that sounds good. Well, if you guys want, I actually have the real definition. I actually got right. three of them but the definition of immersion is the action of immersing someone or something in liquid
1: <laughs> definition one
0: <laughs> it also it could just be mean deep mental involvement but then the third one it's actually more of a gamer definition and it's the idea just that a game or any uh, other media from books to movies creates a spatial presence when the user starts to feel like he is there and world that the game creates. People who experience immersion tend to only consider choices that make sense in the context or of the imaginary world. Now, I think this is a good one. But when we talk about immersion itself, it's really put into almost like that gamer definition of you are completely wrapped up in the world itself. And my personal... Opinion is you can never fully be immersed in a world due to all the other like things, including, you know, rule lawyering where, well, that's not the rule. I think it is. Well, let's take a look at the book. You guys think it's real or do you think it's kind of BS? Uh,
1: Immersion is nonsense. You're not immersed (laughs) in a role playing game. I don't give a shit what anyone says. I know people get big mad. They argue constantly. You're not immersed. You're you have vicarity. At the table, but you do not have immersion. I don't give a shit what you think your character or the game world or anything cool it is. Uh, any immersion you feel lasts about 35 seconds until someone makes a joke. You get on your cell phone. Uh, you make a movie reference. You have to roll dice. You have to clarify a rule, like you said, and that's it. You're done.
2: Yeah, and I agree. I, yeah. Uh, I, I've never understood the – I mean, I guess I understand the allure of feeling like I'm immersed, but uh, – I care about my character too much, so I'm going to use meta knowledge.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think that's another big thing, especially in uh, some of the bigger systems where people have read the monster manuals and all that stuff in such depth where for a lot of people, it's hard to try and take away from that and think of it as, no, this character would have no idea about it because the person itself knows about it. So have you guys... In an RPG, have you actually ever felt like that almost sense of immersion where either it could have been a session or like a 10 minute period where you were fully immersed in what was happening? And I know for you, Scott, this might be a little bit harder because as uh, as a GM, you're essentially God. So it may be a little bit more difficult. But have you guys ever felt that kind of immersion in an RPG?
2: I have not. For, for me, I mean, realistically, if you think about it, if I am fully immersed in the RPG and I'm in a combat, that means I would physically be feeling fear. Yeah. I, I would emotionally have that, that traumatic experience of, oh, crap, I could die, right? And, and I never experienced that. Now, have I ever experienced immersion? Yes, but not in terms of RPG. Like when I was a kid and my friends and I were playing uh, make-believe running around a house, we all collectively came together and said, okay, we got to end because we're starting to freak out a little bit now. Because of, and I can't remember the exact game that we were playing, but we were like just running around pretending that uh, something was happening. And it started becoming very real in our minds. And that's when we decided to call it quits because I don't want to feel fear. <laughs> it's like, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's not a good experience. <laughs> so um yeah i mean there's there's the drama and the excitement when you get to watch somebody do something or feel your character or or control your character do something really cool that you can know can never do but that character is probably not experiencing the same thrill and excitement that we are watching it
0: no that's uh definitely yeah true i never actually thought about that idea of like when you're a kid because yeah, I think that's probably the best time that you well, you know the easiest that you can be immersed in something. What about you, Scott? Uh,
1: yeah, no, I just not not at the table. It's just there's too much going on. and yeah, I, I just I never have, you know, um, I've never even seen it at the table. So you know, people get into the story, but again, that's just vicarity where they're engrossed, like 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 you were talking about is with the horror thing, right? Is like horror is probably a, a fun one because everyone's is afraid of something and you can kind of pull on those strings of like ooh you're exploring a haunted house, but yeah in most RPGs it's just not it's it's I don't know man yeah no
2: <laughs>
0: no <laughs> I think I have once and I also have another one which I can say is RPG related even though it's not during play one time. I remember it was like during the summer, like three out of the I think six people couldn't actually show up for the game. So it was just three of us plus the the whole game was around a port where our characters got drunk. It helped that we were also drinking. So I'm going to throw that one out there. Our players got drunk and then we decided to try and buy our shopping list for The trip that we're doing since we're going overseas for something, we're going to be away from a town for a long time. And so the whole game was us playing our characters completely while trying to buy shit at a at like a bazaar while we were drunk in person but also (laughs) drunk in game. And it was honestly, it was one of the most fun times I ever had. I don't think we rolled a single dice, but it was just fun because like you were, you were just in it and you're just, you're acting how you were kind of feeling at that moment. And now I'm not saying that you guys, if you're playing a game, you should get drunk in or if your character is drinking, because, well, we've all seen how, how much, you know, characters can drink in any kind of rpg uh but yeah, <laughs> it was, but it was it was it was honestly one of the few times i can say i was fully immersed in something and it, it was just such a fun setting even oh not setting but a, a fun session just because it was a little bit less of us and we just fully acted out our characters the whole time the other one would actually be when i'm trying to write uh, character background, because I don't I know you guys have seen mine a couple times, but I don't like to write just like, oh, this is his name. This is what he did. This is this. I like to try and kind of create a story in a fashion like uh, I wrote uh, a robot review for a, a droid that I wanted to play. We didn't actually get to play it, but maybe in the future. And my other one, I was trying to create Essentially an edgelord, but not an edgelord who would also just be cringy. Which, I don't know if anyone's ever fully succeeded in that, but...
1: I mean, every Dungeons & have... Dragons game.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I, I wrote his uh, background as a will and testament.
1: Yeah, as I was going to say, I think that might be the, the time. I think this might be where some people really get mixed up is they really engross themselves into creating the character and they're deep into it, rides right? the lore. They're looking through the books and they're really thinking about the character and how cool it's going to be to do all the things. Um, and yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I would agree. I think that might be that, that one spotlight moment for the person itself, the individual, and then it all vanishes when you hit the table, you know, even uh, Matt Mercer and uh critical role. They are not immersed in the game. I, they're one, they're fucking actors Right, professionals, so that helps. <laughs> everything's, everything's a theater production, right? Even when I yeah. run a game, it's all theater, so that's always that. But like, they're not immersed and they make dick and fart jokes at a continual basis through the game, right? So it's just one of those things.
0: Uh, yeah, that kind of reminds me of a story I remember reading. Uh, it was on Critical Role, but it was on two of the character, like two of the players in it. Uh, the couple that's married, I forget the guy who played the barbarian in the first season, and the one who played the hunter in the first season no clue it Co- i i forget their names but they're like they're married in real life and well it was- so is matt
2: mercer and and uh one of the other players i can't remember her name either <laughs> no a was Matt. i used to know
0: yeah it was the barbarian guy and his yeah. wife um yeah. but and, and this was apparently before they got picked up by um by whatever company is currently actually you know, running them, or it was the one before that. I think they kind of struck out from there. But anyways, um, where he pushed her bear, which was her kind of like pet, into a room and set off like a ton of traps. And the bear was so close to death, and she was so pissed off. Uh, in an interview, they said that um he actually was made to sleep on the couch that night because she was so pissed off that he almost killed her bear
2: i mean yeah that's uh, travis and laura
0: travis and laura (laughs) thank you very much Yeah. yeah and matt is married to marisha oh yeah yeah i i haven't listened to that show since like i think season one after that i kind of fell off yeah so is there any is there any way that you guys think you could actually try and make a game more immersive is there any ways Which, you know, doesn't have to be something that you've either created, but any kind of thoughts. Like, is there any way that you could make a more immersive game in some way?
1: Absolutely. But it would be probably unfair because it wouldn't. I mean, I have it in my head of how I could run a game with complete immersion, but it's not. I don't think it would be fair because it wouldn't. Be an actual session at a and D table, right? So it would be a lot like Critical Role, but even deeper than that. And again, they are playing D and D, but it's they're not playing normal Dungeons and Dragons. Um, I just got back from a con, and let me tell you, most gamers are the farthest thing from Critical Role. Uh, we can discuss the con near the end if you want. I give my feedback on it. Jesus Christ! Um, but yeah, I think there's a way of doing it. There's an idea I have in my head. It just you'd require. Uh, very specific talents and coordination at, at you know, at the table.
2: And, and for me, I, I, I tend to agree. I think thinking about what you were talking about, where you're fully immersed uh, is it's all around literature, right? I mean, I think about the times when I feel the most immersion. It's when I'm reading a book. Uh, like th- one of the greatest examples for me is Wizard's First Rule, where Richard is crawling through this, cavern or through this cave network and he gets to a point where he gets stuck and the way Terry Goodkind describes that entire thing I literally found myself not breathing while I was reading it because he did such a good job of describing how the character is feeling it that I ended up recognizing oh wait I got to I got to inhale here um and, and so I think a lot of immersion has to come from the narrative and that can get, uh, I think, the, the struggle that I have with that, I think, or that most people have is we feel that you have to use all this literary verbiage. Like I was watching a, a live play and the GM is trying to pull out every 50 cent word he can use to describe a scene. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> your, your words are contradicting one another because you're just trying to be so so flowery in your verbiage. Like, just relax.
0: This ain't but, no Shakespeare. Uh, right.
2: Exactly.
1: Yeah. Well, that's part of the problem, too. And like I said, I, I get into it constantly about this topic with nerds online. It's like, look, man, part of, you know, I've, I get a chance, I, you know, there are times I get to listen to hours and hours of content of whatever I choose. And I, there's thousands, probably 10,000 hours of actual plays online. They all suck balls. There are some that are there are some that are good, right? Um, there are like uh, this Call of Cthulhu group, Invictus something, B- a- amazing group. But it's only a, a, the GM and two players, and but they ran a Call of Cthulhu and they do it very well. Um, they're into their characters, you know. They're not immersed because they're still making fucking the jokes. They're still calling for roles and they still have to clarify the rules. But they are they're they're willing to push the the, the story forward and live vicariously through the characters in the time period of what they've been given. Uh, But yeah, I mean, that's what I just tell people. Like, the minute you can fucking provide me proof of an actual play recorded with audio and video, or hell, just audio, a full immersion at the table, I'll fucking, I will shut the fuck up. And it ain't going to happen because it will never happen.
0: (laughs) That's a challenge. It is a challenge. Okay, somebody accomplish it. Somebody accomplish it, please.
1: Yeah, I never I've never seen it. I mean, I've listened to thousands of hours of actual plays and they're just most of them are just boring.
0: Yeah. I'd agree with that. Like I've listened to a few and there's only been a couple I've actually liked. And one of them I uh, I really wish I knew the name of it, but it was actually using the fate system. Oh, okay. But I don't think I can even find it anymore. But it was two guys in the DM, but they're or sorry, GM I didn't say that don't sue me, Um, (laughs) but they were playing. It was more like think of a more of like an 80s action movie type style kind of game where they were both playing cops. One was like the super rich guy and this other guy was kind of like the hippie, but they were playing their characters really well. And I think it helps. I think one thing that really helps with immersion is when you have less dice rolling. Because that's probably a key one that takes it out. Because, you know, at the end of the day, like, you're rolling a damn dice. Yeah, roll, roll dexterity. Yeah, very immersive. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, that's the thing. And, you know, people say, well, you know, part of the problem is you're not uh, at, the, at the game table. Okay, cool, but I'm also not trapped. Like Finder said, I'm not trapped in a, 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 a fucking dungeon, you know. Yeah. But it, I can still <laughs> sit there. You know, I'm also not in danger of, you know, being murdered by the, by the Nazgul. But, you know, yeah, I will hold my breath. I'm like, holy shit, here it comes. They're on Mount Weathertop. Right. So that excuse is just sad. And it just, people just want to feel, I don't know if it's the people want to feel special. Right. Or they have to defend. It's a weird hill for gamers to want to die on. There are much better hills in gaming to die on. But for whatever reason, people take the immersion shit to the next level. It's almost like you're calling their. Are you calling their value as a human in a question or their time spent? I don't know. You guys maybe help me with that one.
0: Um, if you if you ask me, I think it's like when, with anything that you become passionate about, where you try and because you love it so much, you try and sell it. And I don't think you're like trying to trick yourself into believing it. I think it's just because you love it so goddamn much that you want to try and portray the best possible outcome of any game, which in in my my thoughts, in my ideas, um, immersion is probably like the holy grail of RPGs where someone feels so involved in it that they forget about everything else. And that's the holy yeah, that is the holy grail for any RPG to feel. Everyone wants to feel immersed. And you're trying to capture that love and that attention that you have towards this game, but it's, it's, it's chasing the dragon. Like you're never going to really attain it, but you're always going to try for it. And you're going to talk about how you feel immersed because of the couple times that 10 seconds here, that 20 seconds there where you really fully did feel immersed for a very short manner before you're pulled out. So I think it's more just because they love it so much. They don't want to admit that it's short lasting Kind of like heroin.
2: <laughs> <laughs> now, I will say that there are some games or some systems that may lend themselves to closer get closer to getting that immersion. Uh, for example, I think of Ten Candles. I, I watched an actual play on that, and the entire game setup is it, it kind of produces. that 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 environment right because if you play the game by the rules everybody's at a table all the lights are off the room is dark except for these 10 candles is much more narrative based uh there is some dice rolling but the dice rolling diminishes over time to where at some point you know the characters are going to die i mean that's that's the entire premise of 10 candles Everybody dies at the end. So it's all narrative. And as you roll, you lose dice. And so that, that's why the dice really gets lower and lower. And candles get blown out until finally you're in nothing but this dark room. And uh, then you have the final message that gets played. So I, I think there are some ways to do it. But it becomes less about a role-playing game the way that I envision them, where you have Stats and dice and yeah. things like that, because 10 candles, there is no character sheet. There is yeah. no um, strength stat. Uh, it, it's very narrative focused. And yeah, you, so that, that gets you towards immersion.
1: Sure. You're kind of responding to a story, right?
2: Exactly. And, and and I mean, the the science has shown that when you read a book, you're experiencing what the characters experience neurologically your, your synapses are firing the same way that character would. So that you have to have a more narrative focused game where there's not as much dice if you want to get full immersion. Yeah.
0: So that one sounds like it's almost like more towards playing on like, cause I, I haven't, I've heard of the game, but I've never actually seen it or anything like that. It sounds more like you're trying to play on the emotions of the players in order sure. to kind of get that immersive feel. Yeah. And- <laughs> yeah no that's really neat and
1: yeah okay i take it back there's one actual play recorded where it's fully immersed uh mazes and monsters i will i'll admit that <laughs> i stand corrected i just thought of it we were talking i was like oh yeah mazes and monsters technically he went full immersion so let that let that that'll be our our high five oh
0: oh no is this what i'm th- what i think you're talking about
1: yes <laughs> yeah it's a, okay it's a great movie i just watched the other day to remind myself of just how miserable it was growing up in the 80s with fucking satanic panic nonsense
0: is that the movie you want us to watch and give a review on
1: yeah that one is zero charisma
0: oh yeah they're Not both fun. on tubi
1: they're both on tubi for free so uh, oh,
0: nice.
1: yeah it's easy day. amazing monsters goes by pretty fast it's essentially a love story with some dungeon dragon sprinkled into it and then you know f- immersion Pardieu, part the holy man.
2: Well, the question quiet. is, though, do you get to see Tom Hanks in his underwear? Uh, oh, fuck, you know what? I don't, I, don't, I don't think he could do No. Or, yeah, this you know, is a, a very big question.
0: A it's Mm-mm. a very big question right there because that really is the h- linchpin, whether I see it or not. So you got to no. find an answer for
1: No, I know you don't. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> hmm whatever so we can say that
2: definitively that is one of tom hanks's subpar films uh
1: you have no idea
2: oh fuck
1: you have no idea
2: Uh, oh i i've seen the movie it's just been okay decades it's been decades how dare you
1: like i said i literally just watched it i was having fever dreams and shit so i was like oh let me just watch something retarded that i don't need to worry about you can take that word out if you want there uh (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, don't don't worry. I, I I now have a I now have a sound in order to blur out certain words. <laughs> there you go.
1: Uh, yeah, I totally lose myself sometimes.
0: No, uh, that's that's totally yeah. fine, man. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's the big one. Yeah, yeah maybe maybe any eighties,
1: maybe any maybe the, I don't. They're all movies, but no, okay, so. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so that's the thing, right? Is uh, like with Ten Candles or, but kind of what you were getting at is. And I think Finder, has said it before, is you're very rarely going to be able to scare the players at the
0: table. Yeah, right? I can't say I've ever been afraid. So
1: I've only seen it happen one time. I was running Call of Cthulhu, and I had all the lights down. I was doing all the thematic stuff, and I was giving out clues, and I had the sounds, and they were in a haunted house. And there was a teenage girl uh, was the daughter of one of the guys who plays with us. And she... There's a point where there was something going on, and she jumped out of her skin. But it wasn't because the game was so awesome; it's because at the same time, I had a ghost happening occur. It's when my dog stuck her nose like in her, like in between her legs, and scared the piss out of her.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Dog's just helping you out. That's all he's doing.
1: Yeah, I mean it was perfect timing, right? But yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, I run a a lot of horror games, and it's just you don't really scare the players. You can intrigue players. And if you're lucky, you'll have players that do really cool stuff, you know, who are willing to go the extra mile um for the story. But yeah, I still don't think it's immersion because ultimately you're making choices no. that aren't immersive.
0: I think I thought of another reason why some people might like um might you know fight for immersion tooth and nail. Okay. And I think it's almost like you know, like when you're driving on a road that you've been on for like 10 miles. You don't really remember most of the, you know, the extra stuff, but the moment you see like, you know, something that happens like, Oh no, there was like when I was going, I, on the left, there was like a car accident and you know, I saw that. And like, you'll tell people about that one moment, but the rest of the drive, like you can't remember anything about it. And I think that it might be a bad analogy for immersion, but at the same time, I think it's like, you know, you don't remember all the times that you were not immersed. You just remember those couple times where sure. you did really feel part of the story, and maybe that's why a lot of people think like they're immersed throughout the whole thing it yeah. is just because of those sometimes where they can really remember vividly those moments.
1: That's fair. That could be. Yeah. Um, I, maybe I'm being unfair, but I think if you're going to tell me you're immersed in a game, you're immersed the entire three, four, five hours, right? It's yeah. it's, it's, it's not a pick and choose.
0: Or, yeah, I've uh, never. Yeah. yeah. I've never played a game and then. It was eight o'clock, and then all of a sudden it was three in the morning. Like,
1: right? I've, and then, I've know, never had that. No, and a lot of people use kind of some of the stuff you talked about to to argue these points. It's like, well, we've been immersed in the world. Oh, it's horseshit! Whatever. There's just <laughs> it's, it's that's impossible. You don't live in the fucking forgotten realms. You have zero concept of what it would be to live in a world full of actual fucking magic. Uh, in fact, most gamers couldn't even describe what a full- trail looks like cutting through the woods like animal trails or switchbacks so don't tell me you're immersed in the world and shit because the gm described you know a tall mountain with uh rough scraping trees you don't know what the fuck that means you know sure google it real fast but you know man that's actually that
0: that's really fair like that that is really fair like um Honestly, when you said that example, I was just thinking it was like, oh, I could pick out some of them, but not all of them.
1: <laughs> yeah, do you know have any people walked knee deep or waist deep in a swamp? Who oh. game? Probably not a lot. No. Right? How many hikers are in the gaming scene? Probably not a lot. Maybe the hipsters. Um... <laughs> you
0: and your hipsters.
1: Yeah, I don't like hipsters. Um, You watched Zero Charisma, and that was a warning sign for what befell gaming. It's a really good movie, but we did a breakdown a couple years ago. About the movie, it was 2010, 11. It's 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 solid though. People get wrapped around the handle about the the douchebag guy who's a who's a dungeon master, and they lose track of everything else occurring around that character to watch the character's development and why it's why it's happening. But standard gamer stuff, <laughs> myopically focused on for one thing that makes him big sad because he's a big chunky slob who you know kind of pseudo gets off on his dolls. So. <laughs> That's another episode to talk about miniatures at the table.
0: Yeah, I, I'm not too sure where I go from here
2: on that well, <laughs> Although, you know, miniatures I can't speak to, but I mean, you know, part of it also is the struggle with immersion is I'm playing a character who is not me. Right. I, I, can, I can come up with how that character may think, Right. but all of my characters are typically better at fighting than I am. Of course. They're better at shooting than I am. Right. They're smarter than I am. Yeah. Um and, and so it's like how can I play a character who's smarter than me? Right? Bitch,
1: I can't cast magic for real. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what it means to have, you know, 160 IQ and have gone to a fucking wizard school for all of my life, right? <laughs> I can't even begin to fathom what that's like. Oh, Harry Potter, will tell you.
0: <laughs> oh god, don't get me st- oh, don't get me started Harry Potter.
1: Yeah, but yeah, I mean, but that also, that topic we brought up, Finder is playing the character, right? And and because you're playing the character, because it's a game, that's a whole different topic on, uh, I think it's on our list of player skill versus character skill. Man, it's a topic where I piss people off real bad about it. Oof, I love it though.
0: Yeah. At the end of the day, it's like, if you think about it, I think role playing is kind of, we might be getting a little off topic here, but it's pretty much... It's it's acting, and not yeah. everyone's an actor.
1: Oh yeah, no, God no, no. Most people are, uh, oof, rough, just rough. Like I said, the con in North Carolina was just, just rough, man.
0: Actually, speaking of that, yeah, how was that con? Because like I've. I've only gone to one in my entire lifetime.
2: I'm not really uh, a con. I've been person. to zero cons. I've been to uh, zero cons. My entire oh life. man,
1: I gotta get you guys to Mace. So I like Mace. The dude who runs it is a really cool cat. Um, he does a Mace West and a Mace East, some shit like that. I only go to the one that's in Charlotte. Um, so it's not. It's 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 a con is a con, right? You're surrounded by fellow nerds, um, and everyone is there and excited, which is great. Uh, but like. So I ran my games, and I tested a, I tested one new fantasy game, which, you know, it was success. It was out. It's out now. They loved it. Um, but remind me to talk about gaming, about GM style versus system after this, when we're coming close to this, because uh, I think that's a topic worth bearing us on right now with all these conversations. So I did that, I ran Neon Blood, that was a huge hit uh, Everyone really loved it I had a kid begging me to buy the books that I had on hand Off of me for him and his his fellow gamers that were there uh, He essentially played and he said that uh, He loves Neon Blood and more than Cyberpunk or Shadowrun. Run Ooh. And when I told him that we can do Shadowrun, Run Yeah, he flipped his fucking wig And that's when he began to beg for buying the books And shit, it was crazy
0: Oh, that's gonna make you feel good though Yeah
1: yeah, I mean, it did, right? You're like, oh, man, I actually wrote something that that's, you know, people are enjoying so far. Um, so it's, it was fun. Uh, and then I played in a Mutant Crawl Classics game that I wanted to kill myself during. Um, <laughs> it was so boring. And what's really sad is I sat down, and it took me about 30 seconds to realize the dude who ran that game was the dude who ran the shit-tiered Dungeon Crawl Classics from, a, like, five years ago.
0: Ooh. and
1: yeah i sat down and i was like oh no i gotta write your name down so i avoid you You're like the f- plague." just boring. <laughs> boring like boring just how do you make mutant crawl classics boring it's these a slog of like no the next room okay well the video game says we go to the next room okay now we're going to the next room no action no descriptions no nothing like that um so it was awful but uh, so the players are on the table. We all became friends. We basically entertained ourselves for four hours, much to Dude's chagrin. Uh, he didn't know what to do with us. Uh, so that that was nice. You know, you got my gregarious personality, and I just happened to, have to be at a table with other people who were willing to fly with that. And so, man, it was like, you know, six dickheads just having a grand old time. Uh, and we didn't ruin his game. We just, you know, refused to be bored. <laughs> <laughs>
0: No railroading
1: no no real I mean yeah I'm not'm I'm, that's not gonna happen uh making decisions and weird shit uh well, I also ran spirit of 77 which is always the highlight of my day I tell you to run that never the the guys who ran to play that they they f- really enjoyed that. They were blown away and it came down to the end and they were criminals getting put out of prison to go hunt down this group of bank robbers and they were going through these different scenes and meeting gangsters and all this shit and trying to find money laundering and they finally found out it was a, it was a girl gang. So remember, mind you, this takes place in 77 and we're doing this. And they're doing these things. They're putting these plans together. And they're just doing crazy shit because that's what it is. Like the one dude dressed in roller skates and so he's always roller skating everything he does. Like he's talking to gang bangers and shit. And he's doing roller skate moves and stuff. That's just how the game works. And then they finally got to the end of the bank and they were going through it. And they were like, at one point, I uh, had them figure out that this package store got knocked over, and they, the only thing they took out of the package store was jello. You know, it's like they took all the jello. Yeah, Holmes jello, even the bad shit. And you know, the kid plays like even mint flavor? Those motherfuckers. You know, people getting into it, having <laughs> a good time. And uh, then they got in there, and I pulled the picture up because I knew who the bank robber was, and I knew what was going on. And you know, they come in there, and the dude playing the rocker slides it on his knees and does a power cord and stuns one of the bank robbers. And uh, then I have the lead bank robber. You know, she turns around and rips off her disguise, and she's like, "Don't move." And then I put the picture down on the table, and, and then I, they're looking at it, and they started laughing, and I was like, and you hear around the bank, that's Mary Tyler Moore. <laughs> <And> so I <laughs> uh, we had to stop Mary Tyler Moore and her army of clones they were making using Jell-O. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> So that's that's uh, Spirit of 77 for those listening who've never played it before.
0: <laughs> yeah, you, you've talked about it a few times, and I, I still haven't taken a look at it.
1: Well, if that that's didn't pique your interest at all of how Spirit of 77
0: works. <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely one that you kind of probably want a physical copy of.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, the book is worth it alone. Even though know, some of the actual plays are pretty decent. And then what did I play? I played, um, I played a Dungeon Crawl Classic game that I thought I wanted to push the dude out of the goddamn convention center through the glass. Um, Because it was like he tried to be old. He was an older dude. He was trying to be old school about shit. But he's like, I need to know what your marching order is right now. Three, two. I'm like, okay, cool. Scout goes first. I'll follow the scout on my horse, you know, doing the thing. And he's like, okay, you guys advance. You guys travel for the rest of the day. I'm like, bitch, if it doesn't matter, why are you asking us? Stop. You know, like. (laughs) Fucking stop! And he did it constantly as shit like that. And then finally, I couldn't take it, and so my actual real world skill set came to came into the play. And I was just like, and my buddy was laughing because he's like, dude, uh, we had to sneak in this fort. And I was like, all right, f- here's what the fuck gonna happen. Scout, you're gonna you're gonna scramble up the backside of the tower where the guard is. We're gonna time it. You're gonna when the guard crosses back the other direction, when his back is to you, go up, hook the black one, hook down. We're gonna go. I'm, you go up. I'm going up. And then the other fighter, you're going up. When the dude turns, we're going to let loose a volley of arrows. We're going to, you know, come up, pin, and then we're going to break from that. We're going to take it. We're going to take the next door scout. You're going to open the door. We're going to, we're going to slice the pie as we go in. And the guy was like, "What the fuck is happening?" I was like, "Oh, bitch, I'm <laughs> going to end this game right now." Uh, you are boring me to death, and so welcome to fucking special forces have now, you know, intersected into the fantasy realm. <laughs> uh, awesome. And he was just like, I don't understand, like, why would you... But he really said, he's like, why would you all three of you shoot the fucking monster? Uh, because he needs to die, dude.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. He needs to die.
1: <laughs> yeah, so we're using Mighty Deeds and shit, and other guys hadn't really played. So I was like, oh, no, your Mighty Deed allows you to do cool shit. And he's like, well, you always do Mighty Deeds. I was like, no, you need to go back and read the broken rule book, because our, our Mighty Deeds are going to be all arrows to the throat, so this thing can't scream. And, you know, so it was that kind of game for four hours, and I just... Finally, uh, that one ended because basically it was four hours of him jerking off to getting us into this old castle so we could see his bad guy who is this powerful cleric. And then he really honestly expected us to run and go back. I'm like, dude, they hired us to take care of this shit. I'm not running anywhere.
0: <laughs>
1: and, and so like he was big, big fucking mad that we basically got the characters killed because a lot of these dudes like to – for whatever reason, they like to play like these convention scenarios where the same characters do adventures and some of the same players will play with those. And this it's like a continuing storyline. It's the dumbest shit ever. Um, you want to do that, stay the fuck home with your gaming group. Because uh, I didn't give a fuck less about what your precious did in the last game. Uh, now I'm playing this fucking professional, you know, warrior. So uh, so that was bad. And yeah, it was a shit story. It moved really slow. And the guy was just awful. And then I played uh, the one game I had really been looking forward to with <laughs> the f-ing Cyberpunk 2020 Trauma Team. And man, right from the get go, that game was bad. Um, <laughs> it was just so bad. We had one girl playing with us who happened to be uh, Asian. And um, the GM, when he started us off, I thought it was going to be a cool op. Like, we're all Trauma Team. We're going to go in hot. And again, it was like, okay, what are you guys going to do? There's all these churras. I'm like, look, man, f- Okay, here it goes. You know, there's a bunch of people, and I get it. Gamers aren't me; they don't have my same life experiences. But like, I expect people to be able to pick up on tempos, and so it's like, okay, cool, what's gonna happen?" All right, big man, I'm gonna grab onto your to the the strap on the back of your body armor. I got my pistol up and that the fucking low ready. You're a solo when this drop when the when the door when the hatch drops on the on the AV start moving and just shoot and kill everything in in front of us until we make it to where the signal's coming from. We're on a rescue mission, right? For one of our contracts. I was like, just murder everything. Tech is coming behind me. He'll get through anything we need. And they were just like, I don't know what's happening. I'm like, just role play for once in your life. My God, holy shit. (laughs) And so that didn't work. And then uh, the girl, we found her. And of course we found her, (laughs) hold on. It's so amazing. So she was sitting next to me, and it was it was just amazing. So we found her character. Her character was um, bound and naked, locked in. No, she was free naked in a closet holding a gun, and they were prepping her to have perma- permanent um, sex doll implants put in. Oh, f- And I was just sitting there. I was like,
0: <laughs> I was like, bro. Bro. Bro.
1: So my wife, I was like, hey, let me ask you, well, let me let me show you a scenario. What do you think? She was staring at me like, what the fuck? I was like, yeah, that's nerds. Uh, and then at one point.
0: <laughs> at that moment, right? you just kind of push your chair away from the table. You stand up and you just start walking.
1: Oh, no, you, you, you should know me better than that. No, 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 no I'm going to salvage that game. God damn it. And so he got real mad because uh, he thought we were going to take her back to trauma, trauma team headquarters. I'm like. Uh, she and our client, one, two, we rescued her from being turned into a living whore doll, uh, and three, she said she wants me to drop to the airport. That's where we're taking her. And he was so mad I wouldn't play along with the conceit of, of a thing, and I'm like, nah, brah, not gonna happen today. And, <laughs> uh, you know, like, construct your story better, and I'll go along with it, right? Like, this is stupid. And so we did that, got in a big firefight, the click and all that shit, which again proved to me in cyberpunk is a shit system. It takes 30 years to fire guns because of the ammo and armor and dumb shit. Um, so, so I cannot believe that game is popular. Um, and then, and uh, then what happened? Oh, I mean, she was, um she was essentially the GM's Mary Sue, right? She was ultra powerful. Uh, uh, yeah. Like his stand in, it was his cutout for you know super badass f- assassin chick running around all that shit. i was like dude god damn this is dumb and uh then uh her and i because i was playing a girl i played a female uh i forgot what they call them in cyberpunk a medic whatever and uh so we her and i posed as uh i don't know we agreed. her and i were like hey look we can do we can sneak in and these f- who are trying to kill you we can pose as models And we had uh, the tech pose as our, uh, as our... uh, Agent? Oh, uh, like our, yeah, like our our executive assistant. And then uh, the solos were posing as our bodyguards. Well, one of them was. The other one, they were moving up. I don't know. It was a dumb story anyway. (laughs) And, 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 we got in this room. There are all these dudes. There was a couple of Spetsnaz guys, you know, all chromed out. I was like, "Oh, well, we're going to get in a fight." And he was kind of like, "We're well, not supposed to get in a fight." And you can sit in his face like you're not supposed to want to fight these guys. I've clearly told you they're amazing. Well, I'm like, "Hey, we got five minutes, and I got to get the fuck out of here because this game is over, and I got to catch a dinner because I got other shit to do tonight." That kind of thing. Like you can't let your game run over to con. You have to be very mindful of time. You can be very time conscious at a con. Uh, sometimes you can squeeze it out of the part if the if the players are willing to do it. But most of the time, it's a big no. And uh, so we get in there with her and I are doing our thing and she's having a cool conversation with some of the people and they recognize that she's a cool, cool kitty assassin and all that shit. And um, I feel like I'm forgetting something pertinent. I don't know. Anyway, it was, uh, I realized it was time to go and uh, I had asked the tech uh, pr- ahead of time for a frag, two frag grenades. And I was like, cool story. My turn. He's like, "Yep, yeah, you're true. I said, cool. I cracked the fucking pins on both frag grenades and I fucking. I duck as I throw him up at head level to everybody in the room. And, man, <laughs> he was so <laughs> mad. Everybody was f***ing <laughs> mad. Because in Cyberpunk, <laughs> if you don't have armor in your head, which is most characters don't wear armor in your head, there's nothing to protect you. So it's just massive amounts of damage. And I realized that quickly. I was like, oh, none of you guys have armor in your head. Neither do the bad guys.
0: Well, I'll end this. And I was like, oh, got to go. Uh, which uh, which <laughs> Cyberpunk is this one? 2020 the original okay okay yeah just asking because now you have like was it cyberpunk 2020 i think Cyberpunk. red Red. i've Mm -hmm. i've heard of that one i haven't really seen anything now you got this one called neon blood like there's tons of Cyberpunk. probably
1: the best cyberpunk game um no so that was that was my con experience um i don't i don't up games on purpose i just and so I was talking about, right? So people, when I run a game, the problem of my friend and Chuck and I, we run a game very similar, right? So Chuck, chuck he he came down from Maryland, we hang out. Similar backgrounds and all that jazz. But we run games, we run, on, we run every game the same way. So like you guys have played different game systems with me and it's a thing, right? I'll run Neon Blood, Dungeons and Dragons, <laughs> Spirit of 77, Savage Worlds. Every game system I run, I run the same way, right? Because you learn tricks and tips, everything's theater. And all you do is keep everything moving. You keep the players engaged. That way you keep their characters engaged. It's real f-ing easy. Uh, well, I think it's real easy until I go to cons and get reminded
0: that, Oh my f-ing God, I'd rather die sometimes. Um, just remember you're, you're an experienced GM. Like these, a lot of these, people,
1: these people are experienced GMs. They do this for like the same amount of time I have.
0: Oh, then they got no excuse.
1: Yeah. These aren't kids or anything. Oh, I do play a Savage Worlds game. Uh, Tesla and Lovecraft that was actually it was run oh, by yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, It was run by a girl GM. and she actually did a really good job. She held her own Um very experience and she wasn't ready for two charismatic idiots Chuck and I to f- show up the table um, <laughs> we Time and we were willing to push her story for but um Yeah, so that was that's kind of the con experience, but so that's my problem is when I run games for people and Chuck and I had this problem when we first did OSNR, and, and it's like, hey, how do you think of the game system? And then they'll go through and give us praises and shit, like Neon Blood the same way. I'm like, okay, cool. Now, what do you think of the game system if I wasn't running it? You know, because that's a very serious conversation oh, yeah. piece. Yeah. You know, and Chuck, and we're very conscious of that. Like, is this game interesting because I could make a fucking game of Tiddlywinks interesting? You know, or is it interesting because the game system engrosses you and you really want to do things? But that's kind of where we kind of where we are. I so said I don't derail games on purpose, but I expect so. I expect someone to have the same amount of respect for the people around the table that I do. You are there, and for cons, you've paid good money, and your time. So Alexander the Gray has said that when we give someone our time, it's something we never regain. And I believe that. So when someone allows you to take away their time, you are you are taking away a part of their life that they're never gonna get back and can never change course or do anything with because it's gone. And to just waste that and just just with reckless abandon, you know, and people are like, oh, it's just a game. I'm like, yeah, it's just a game, but you know, a lot of these people, this is their outlet, right? And we'll you know we we have talked about this before and we'll talk about it again. This is their psychological outlet, this is just how people deal with shit. Um mm. and so Now you're kind of here disrespecting their desire to just let go for a couple of hours, right? Um, Do they have fun? Yeah, man. I don't know. Maybe um after the one game we played with the dcc uh one of the players he pitched me a business idea he was just asking me a bunch of questions because he's a player in two of my other games and i've played with him before too He remembered from the last con which says a lot because it's been like four years and he was like dude and i was like oh sh- shit i should know you but i don't um, <laughs> but yeah so you know it's this kind of thing so it's like are you having a are you are you in are you having fun probably but you know is it the best experience you could possibly have? No, no, not by a long shot. That makes me feel bad. That's what keeps me going when I run games, Because yeah. I don't want to, I don't want people to walk away and be like, F- that guy.
0: You know, that, that's very admirable to actually have, because like I think a lot of times people kind of get obsessed a little bit about themselves, and it becomes more about the story that they want to tell, and not so much yeah. about the players who they're trying to engross in the story that they've created. Like, it, it is their love child, but at the end of the day, if if you didn't want the players to do what they wanted to do, you might as well just write a book.
1: Yeah, man. In fact, like Spirit of 77, for instance, I didn't know it was Mary Tyler Moore. I didn't know it was a girl gang. And they asked me that. They're like, at what point was it Mary Tyler Moore? I was like, it was Mary Tyler Moore about 15 minutes before we were ready to end the game when you guys were going to the bank. I said, I just had this weird idea of like famous chicks of the 70s who could do this. And I was like, F- man, it'd be... I don't know if they're old. <laughs> they're old enough, but they all recognize Mary Tyler Moore, at least the name. Right. And so, yeah. but you you know, that's how I do business. Uh, Even the neon blood game, I have a basic outline of like, cool. Here's how it starts, but where where shit goes, I don't really care, you know.
0: Yeah. Uh, Here's actually kind of talking. I think you've already answered this one, Scott. But Finder, have you? What would you say is like your least immersive, like the most boring game or moment in a game you've ever played?
2: That's a hard question. I don't know. On with Scott,
0: you. Piece of shit. <laughs> I remember that time on an airship.
2: <laughs> nah, you, you know, I, I am fortunate to play with a bunch of people that we we have an enjoyable time. So even if the game is going slow, we're at least having a good time and the GM is having a good time. So it's like usually the, the parts where the, that drag out are when, I, I guess understanding the GM expectation of the players, right? Cause there are GMs who come prepared to push the story forward. And then there are GMs who want the characters to push the story forward. And if the characters are used to GMs that kind of feed them, like here's your quest, Here, here's what I've prepared. Here's the adventure. Um, and when the GM comes down and says, okay, what do you guys do? And there's no context those are the games I find the hardest because then it's like, okay, you have just given me a world of possibilities and my character, I guess he's going to go take a nap because you know, there's nothing going on today. (laughs) So um, Rest when you can, but it's like when there's, when there's no clue of what the adventure is supposed to be. And so I can't take action towards resolving that. Um, Or when the GM relies solely on dice to push the game forward. So as an example, if you're playing an investigation game and you fail all of your notice rolls, you're not finding any of the clues. Okay, I don't know where to go now because I found nothing, right? I I have no (laughs) clues to move forward. So I guess I'm writing this investigation off and I'll go look for another client and tell the current client, hey, sorry. (laughs) I, I, (laughs) I, I can't solve your problem because... You, you know, I just can't notice crap today. <laughs> my job's
0: yeah. done here. I think I've done my good duty. I'm going yeah. to go home and take a nap.
2: Uh, I have fully decided there is no crime that's been committed.
0: <laughs> What's crazy <laughs> is I've had that happen, and I think it does come
1: down to the GM, is because, like, if that were to happen, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, that's worth a f- oh, f- fudging dice rolls. No, don't ever fudge dice rolls. It's so bad. Um, it's a disservice, and it's very discourteous to everyone at the yeah. table. Um, but you don't have to. You, if your players are like, "Hey, man, we're stuck," be like, "Okay, you guys, you know, let's just, you know, let's fade to black as you guys head back defeated, hanging your heads hung low." And then you could just fast forward time a little bit, and then have a clue drop on them, right? It's that easy. Yeah. Or yeah. something that reinvigorates, the, you know.
2: I've also, for me personally, I've gotten to the point where if this is a clue that is necessary to push the story forward, they find it without having to make a roll. Yeah. Making Absolutely. a roll. May give them additional information, yeah. but they at least have enough of an inf- uh, uh, enough information to be able to to make a decision on and where to go next. Yeah, man. And, and like, it's kind of fun with my the, the game I run with my kids. I need them to get to some place specific and I just keep dropping hints at them. Here's this. And, uh, you know. Desert of Desolation is such a weird adventure <laughs> when you're trying to do something else with it as well. Yeah. And there's like there's this one scene where you find this passage and there's a dwarf who's been carving tunnels in a pyramid with a spoon. <laughs> and I'm like, how does that even work? Um, because that spoon you can't unless it's a magical spoon. And so what's funny is my kids found this this uh this character. They found the spoon and my son's like, I'm going to cast magic or detect magic on it. Like, okay, yeah, it's magical because yeah. it's carving it's carved in a freaking tunnel in a pyramid out of stone. And <laughs> so uh, he's like, oh, dude, what if there's more? And so they just totally rat- and They're now trying to find this entire magic cutlery set. And <laughs> it's like, oh, uh, we've got we've to get to this place because rumor is that's where the spork is. <laughs> It's like crap. <laughs> so <laughs> anytime I want them to go somewhere, they're constantly looking for places to find the the, the rest of the set. And I just like, yeah, well, rumor has it that it was over here at one point. Okay, we gotta go there. Great. That's where you gotta go anyway. <laughs>
0: yeah, right. I mean, yeah, it's perfect. That's hilarious. I gotta say, my worst experience wasn't with the wasn't with the GM. It was actually with a player. It was a random roll 20 game that we were playing. I kind of forget what the game was, but this player was so goddamn awful. I actually quit the game, even though I was having fun because (laughs) I hated the player so much. Yeah, damn. And it wasn't for the fact that it was like, oh, they're just like, you know, an edgelord or like a stereotypical kind of like, you know, player that you just kind of hate the person was so indecisive that she once made a roll to figure out if she had any friends and even Uh-oh. then there was like i was like oh yeah i have one friend what's her name uh, um, i don't know oh. wow. and well, like she- i s- I I wanted I wanted to I I just she was the most infuriating person. The other people at the table were really nice. In fact, I I added a couple of them to my Steam's account Steam account because they were just fun people. But this one, there's only one thing that she was a hundred percent certain on. It was the fact that any game that's not um, an in-person video game, like where you're playing as the person. In the first-person view, all the other versions are obsolete. Like, you know, Diablo, yeah, why make a game like that? Top-down 2.5D graphics, that's pointless. I'm like, how is this the hill that you're going to die on? You can't can't figure out if your character wants to turn left or right, but you're going to say that any game that is not a, a 3D game is absolutely pointless. Like what the hell is wrong with this person? And I actually got in an argument with her because she was so dead set on this one little thing. And then it's like, we started playing that day and she was like, okay, so, you know, we're doing this, 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 what do you, what does your character want to do? Um, I don't know. Uh, that's um, so fucking
1: infuriating.
0: rolls the dice. And I'm just like in the next session, like before it was like, three days before it started and i was just dreading even seeing this player and i just messaged the the gm i was like i'm sorry but i can't play this game anymore this person pisses me off so much that i'm just dreading even going into it the d oh sorry gm was just like yeah i get it don't worry i we ha- i had another person who also canceled for the same oh, reason that I was sucks. Like, oh that's hey. like
2: well, and here's the problem is that GM should have taken the initiative and said, no, you guys stay in the game and I'll kick that right. player out. Yeah, yeah exactly. it, was, it was a little
0: 20 game. And I don't know if maybe that person was like a friend of hers in real life or something like Could that. Be. So like, I just, oh yeah, they're, I found her on my discord. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Very nice person. And if I was asked by that GM, Hey, you want to play another game? I'd first ask, is that one player in it? And if not, mm-hmm. I'd probably, I'd probably join for a couple of sessions or not. And that was a fun person. I'm
1: surprised that uh, the GM didn't try to take the passive, uh, the passive nonsense way out of it. Um, who was the group? Happy Jacks, These used to talk about it all the time of like, oh, it's totally legit just to change the game time and not tell anybody. Hey, shut the <laughs> f up. <laughs> a grown ass adult, oh, a bunch of f- grown ass men and women confront someone. <laughs> Goddamn, gamers, stop being fucking children. Goddamn. <laughs> ah, Anyway, I'm sorry. At first, I was like, hey, was the, per- was, was the person playing a gnome?
0: No. <laughs> no, was it wasn't. I don't think it was a fantasy game. I, I know that for a fact. Yeah, man. I, I feel fun. like it was maybe Monsters of the Week. I'm, maybe. Okay.
1: Finder got the reference.
0: Oh, sorry. <laughs> Over my head on that one. My bad. Now you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> oh, man. Oh! Wow. yeah i'm See? stupid no you're not stupid well i'm only role-playing you, as a smart person you were immersed <laughs> in your story
2: <laughs>
0: i dislike. that one person oh
2: yeah
0: uh well rp people i think that's all the time we have for today if you enjoyed the podcast please give us a thumbs up on podbean or from wherever you're listening to this podcast or even shoot us a comment and let us know if you think immersion is real in rpgs and if you disagree you know change our minds I'm, we're always open to listening and on top of that even just it wasn't planned but if you have any bad con experiences please let us know and maybe we'll do an episode on that if we get enough responses have a good week guys and see you next time